the importance of the highway between setup and payoff. Three rules of the road. We know anticipation feels really good. And the what, that what readers love to hunt for is the emerging path from setups to payoffs. After all, a big part of the pleasure of reading is recognizing, interpreting, and then connecting the dots so the pattern emerges. To make that possible, there are three basic rules it behooves writers to know. Rule one, there must actually be a road. This means the setup is not allowed to piggyback on the payoff. Piggybacking occurs when we learn about a problem at the moment it's been solved. Talk about draining the tension, killing the conflict, deflating the suspense, and making sure the reader has nothing to anticipate. Thus, we hear that Amy's front tooth has been successfully reattached at the very moment. We learn both that Maris, rather Morris, accidentally knocked it out last night during a rousing game of gin rummy, and that if the dentist hadn't been able to schedule emergency surgery, Amy's lifelong dream would have been dashed because she would have had to try out for the Miss Perfect Smile Contest this morning, sans her front tooth. Great for Amy. Boring for us. Now imagine the tension, conflict, and suspense. Had we been there in the instant the the tooth flew out of Amy's mouth, knowing it's only six short hours until the Miss Perfect Smile Contest, wondering how she'll ever find a dentist at 1 a.m. in Peoria, not to mention that this will do what this will do to her relationship with Morris, which was pretty shaky to begin with. Rule 2. The reader must be able to see the road unfold. This means it can't take place off the page, shrouded in secrecy. There are three reasons writers tend to keep the road between setup and payoff veiled, if not, all, if not totally obscured. One, as we already know, is because they're saving it all up for the big reveal. Second, they simply don't realize they're doing it. Thus, they set up a promising storyline and then leave it to the reader to imagine how, specifically, it plays out until somewhere down the line it resurfaces just in time for the big payoff. Often, these writers are under the mistaken assumption that by letting readers know what's going on, they're somehow talking down to them. And so, the bulk of the story remains in the writer's imagination. Thus, we learn that John needs to marry before his 30th birthday in order to get the inheritance he's been counting on. Then, over the next several hundred pages, John goes on dates whose specifics we never hear. Dates we wouldn't be able to interpret anyway because we have no idea what he's looking for in a wife or even whether he wants to marry at all. Then, at some point, John decides to marry someone for some reason, and he gets a whole lot of money, 
the end. Except, chances are, the reader will never know it because it's highly unlikely she'll have stuck around that long. Point being, while we're eager to connect the dots, we don't want to have to invent them first. And this brings us to the third reason writers sometimes inadvertently skimp on the tells necessary to establish a pattern. As the author, you know everything about your story, where it's going, who's really doing what to whom, and where the proverbial and sometimes literal bodies are buried. Because of this, you're acutely aware of exactly what each dot really means and how it all fits together. But here's the thing, your reader isn't aware. What comes across to you as so utterly obvious that it will give the whole thing away is a tantalizing tell to the reader who's counting on such tells to be able to do what readers love best, figure out what is really going on. Rule 3. The intended payoff must not be patently impossible. I don't mean impossible in the he'll try it and then he fails. It will teach him something. Sense. I mean literally impossible so that if the protagonist himself has given it a moment's thought, he'd have realized how ridiculous such an endeavor would be. How did did the writer miss it? Because the writer knew that something was going to happen to prevent the protagonist from taking more than a step or two down the particular path, so she didn't bother to think it all the way through. Why should she? Because the reader will. After all, the reader doesn't know the protagonist isn't going to trudge down that path to the bitter end. And if there's one thing you know about readers, it's that they love to anticipate what will happen next. But it doesn't stop there. Once they spot a pattern, they test its validity against their own knowledge. Thus, they're often way ahead of the protagonist. And when they figure out what the writer didn't, that a particular payoff is not logically possible, They're the ones who may bail. For instance, let's say that since kindergarten, Norbert has been secretly in love with Betsy, who is completely blind. Unfortunately, Betsy has never thought of Norbert as anything but a good friend. Now, she's away at Harvard, rooming with several hometown girlfriends, all of whom Norbert and can see. Rather, all of them know Norbert and can see. Lonely, Norbert hatches a plan. He'll apply to Harvard, get in, fake a British accent, and woo Betsy as if he were a complete stranger. The writer, however, already knows that Norbert will never get that far because she's seen it too. She's seen to it that Harvard will reject him. Thus, it never occurs to her that Betsy's roommates would have instantly recognized Norbert, giving his identity away before he could utter a single pip-pip cheerio. In short, you must make sure that what your characters intend to do is plausible, even if you already know that something unforeseen will thwart them before they can actually do it. Here's a case study, Die Hard. Die Hard is a perfect story. 
the blood, gore, and impossible physical feats of daring do notwithstanding. Why? Because every setup builds to a satisfying payoff. We saw how the barefoot setup payoff worked, but there are more, many more, in fact. Every main character arcs, every subplot has a resolution. Nothing is wasted, everything is set up in advance, yet there are a million surprises along the way. Let's look at one particular case in point to see how setups spur characters' arcs, motivations, and subplots. Al Powell, the off-duty cop who first responds to McLean's report of gunfire at Nagatomi Plaza, has been a desk jockey since he accidentally shot a kid he thought was armed. Powell hasn't been able to draw his gun in the eight years since. When he admits this to McLean, we have the feeling it's something he hasn't told many people. But he offers it up because the two men have developed a bond, and at the moment, things aren't looking good for McLean, survival-wise. So when he asks Powell what got him off the street and behind a desk, Powell tells him the truth rather than, than hedging. His admission is a setup. It defines his character arc by telling us both what his fear is. He's afraid to draw his gun for fear he'll hurt an innocent. And what this desire is to get back to real police work instead of pushing papers. This is what underscores and drives his subplot, which in turn plays out in service of the main story question. Will McLean, in the course of saving the day, gain enough insight to win back his wife? Back to Powell. Throughout the film, Powell stands up for McLean against the knucklehead powers that be and gives him encouragement when it really does seem that all is lost. And so, at the end, when it all looks like all the bad guys are dead, McLean comes out of the building and the first thing he does is find Powell, hug him, and swear he wouldn't have survived without him. Powell humbly disagrees and he means it. He did what he was supposed to do, nothing more, nothing heroic. And then it happens. Carl, the one bad guy not quite accounted for, comes blazing out of the building, machine gun in hand. Carl locks eyes with McLean and levels his gun. This time, McLean's a dead duck. Except when the resounding bang echoes through the stunned crowd, it's Carl who falls dead. A reverse angle reveals that this time Powell has indeed saved McLean. Now here's the interesting thing. In the script, Powell sa- then says out loud what we were all thinking, that McLean was right. He wouldn't have survived without him after all. Except, script be damned, in the movie Powell doesn't say that. He doesn't say anything. His eyes, his expression, register something far deeper, something that doesn't have anything to do with McLean at all. They say that at last, Powell is back in the game. We don't need to be told we empathize so keenly that we feel it in our bones. What makes it such a satisfying payoff is that it's so well earned. Each dot along the way upped the ante for Powell. But until that moment, although Powell had indeed gone the extra mile for McLean, he hadn't yet been put to the test. By the time Carl comes thundering into the doorway, we now we know how much McLean means to Powell, and we know that Powell must overcome to protect them. 
and protect him he does in one of the most touching moments of deeply felt macho bonding in the bro pre-bromance area. Chapter 10, Checkpoint Are there any inadvertent setups lurking in your story? Are you sure nothing whispers, implies, or suggests setup without actually meaning it? Remember, a great tool for ferreting out unintended setups is our old friend, the ENSO test. Is there a clear series of events, a pattern, that begins with the setup and culminates in the payoff? Are there absolutely sure, are you absolutely sure, none of your payoffs is piggybacking onto its setup? Equally important, are you sure there is an actual pattern of dots and tells leading from each setup to its payoff? Do the dots build? If you connect the dots between the setup and the payoff, do they add up? Does a pattern emerge? Will your reader see the escalating progression and be able to draw conclusions from it and so anticipate what might happen next? Is the payoff of each of your setups logistically, logistically possible? Be sure to think each setup all the way through its logical conclusion, even those, especially those you know your protagonist won't take more than a step or two toward before circumstances, courtesy of you, force him to abandon it. 